Today's scripture reading will be taken from Amos 4, verse 12. I will be reading from the King James Version. I will now read in your hearing. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel. And because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Hence the reading of the Lord's word. Father in heaven, great is your name and greatly to be praised. We thank you for your faithfulness towards us, for bringing us here this morning. Ask in a special way that you will speak in and through me, that soul will be blessed. Help that the language of the day will be of such that even the little ones will be able to understand. And at the end of the day, help us to know and assured that God is love. We pray in Jesus' name. Next week is communion. What did I say? Now the scripture reading that we heard, I would like us throughout the sermon to remember those words. And what is the topic of this service for today? Please bear these two things in mind. Prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. And the next one, no excuse. I would like to make reference, I just passed through in the interest of time, about four chapters of the Bible. And then I will go on to a few other verses, as the scripture said, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. The first one I'd like us to go through is found in Exodus chapter 19. When you look at the first verse, it tells us that God has got someone as a mouthpiece. And that mouthpiece in Exodus chapter 19, his name is Moses. And Moses would hear from the Lord, and then he would take to the children of Israel. The children of Israel would speak to Moses, and Moses would go back to the Lord. I'm speaking that the little ones can understand as well. And if we look at the rapport there, we will see that Moses was very, very busy. Now, God told Moses that he should remind the children of Israel how what he has done to the Egyptians and when they were in bondage and how he brought them out with a mighty or strong arm, I said, like a needle. We have here the story, the children of Israel, not long after leaving Egypt, they came in a place called, I pronounce it, Rephidim. From there they went into the wilderness of Sinai. There God spoke to Moses. And there the children of Israel saw the divine manifestation of God. And we could go to verse four of chapter, verse five of chapter 19. As we read verse four and verse five, we can see that God made a covenant with the children of Israel. 
we at our baptism also made a covenant with the Lord that we will walk with him faithfully. Unfortunately, including myself, we fail from time to time, but thank God for his love and his mercy. He says here, if we would obey his voice indeed and his covenant, he'll make us a peculiar people above all others. And he'll make us a kingdom of priests and also a nation. And when Moses took that story to the children of Israel, they were all happy, excited, and they came back with a response to Moses in unison. Not one now and one later. The scripture says, if you read as you go along, in verse 8, the scripture says that in oneness, they all proclaim all that the Lord say unto us, we will, we will do. That was then. The time we are now living in, brethren and sisters and friends, we should be as individual inquiring, what wilt thou have me to do, O Lord? The wise man Solomon says that there is nothing new under the sun. And from time to time, times past and even present, sometimes we believe our leaders, sometimes we don't. And it, there was no difference then. God realized it, and for that matter, think in verse 9, he told Moses that he would come down in a cloud and he would speak to him in the hearing of the Israelite, that they would believe him when he reported to them that he is reporting a message from God and that they would believe him for the rest of his service. Let me read it as it's stated in the Bible. He said, on, oh, verse 9, And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And I say to God, be the glory, great things he has done. Further on, the Lord told Moses to go to the children of Israel and sanctify them. Allow them to wash their clothes and be clean. God expect us, brethren, all those in the voice of my hearing, when we come in his presence, we should come clean. Our persons and our garment should be clean. In verse, in the latter part of verse 10, is 11, he said, on the third day, I will come down and speak to you. We could ask a question. Did God kept his part of the bargain? Yes, he did. Next week, he'll be coming down in a mighty way to worship with us here. We will have no excuse. In verse 16 to 18, the Bible says, And it came to pass on the third day, as God had promised, that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. 
And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet God and stood at the northern part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether in a smoke because the Lord descended upon it and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quake. Again, I said God made a covenant and according to the scripture, Jesus never fails. Please remember, when we come in his presence, always to be clean. Remember the topic? No excuse. And the scripture reading, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. We have all week from now until next Sabbath that there'll be no excuse why we cannot come to the table that the Lord has prepared for us. In Leviticus chapter 23, we have a series of days, feast days, that the Lord meet with the children of Israel. But to name a few, we have the Sabbath, we have the Passover, the unleavened bread, feast of, of first fruits, feast of weeks, Feast of Trumpet, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacle. May I say here, I should have also mentioned um, the Feast of Engadrin. We have just finished Engadrin in this church, and I think that we have done well. But the greatest of all Engadrin is yet to come, when Jesus himself shall burst through the clouds of heaven to gather his saints home. It is my prayer that none of us will be excluded from that gathering. We have the Feast of Tabernacle. That is to do with the children of Israel, their pilgrimage in the wilderness. We have the Day of Atonement. That day was like a day of judgment. None was excluded. Everyone had to turn up and give an account. No excuse was, ex was accepted. And for that reason, I'm saying to us today, be prepared like Israel of old to meet our good Lord around his table next week's Sabbath. Ellen G. White speak of the Passover. She state that on the 14th day of the month at even, the Passover was celebrated its solemn, impressive ceremonies commemorating the deliverance from bondage in Egypt and the pointing forward of the sacrifice that should be delivered from the bondage of sin when the Savior yielded up his life and Calvary. This significance of the, the significance of the Passover ceased and the ordinance of the Lord's Supper was instituted as a memorial of the same event which the Passover had been a type. I would advise that we read these chapters in our later time. Like Israel of all, we have special day. For instance, last week we had one. A few weeks before we had one out in the Brixton Square. And next week we'll be having one. And I think the following week we'll be having one at camp meeting. So read about it. I like the words of the hymn sitting at the feet of Jesus. 
or what words I hear him say. I would like us to sing maybe just the first verse in the interest of time. It said, sitting at the feet of Jesus, if you could have it on the screen. I'm not a singer, but I'll make a joyful noise along with you. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, oh, what words I hear him say. Happy, blessed, or near so precious, may it find me there each day. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, I would look upon the past. For his love has been so gracious, it has won my heart at last. Look it up and sing the rest. And come next week and sit at the feet of Jesus. I'd just like to go briefly now to Luke chapter 14, verses 16 to 24. I'll just glean through. And I'll go about it that the children can understand as well. So there was a certain man, I could say a rich man. He had a feast, or he had a banquet or the children would call it, he had a big birthday party, or he planned a big birthday party. He gave out many, many invitations. And when the party was ready, he sent out for, send his servant to call all those guests that were invited. And according to the scripture, they all with one accord made excuse. Brethren, examine ourselves whether we are any different. The first one, according to the scripture, I have bought a piece of land and I must go and check on it. The next one, I bought five yoke of oxen. I must go and try them out to see if they are working okay. And the last one, it seems as though to him it was much of an excuse. I've just married a wife tell him I cannot come. Is that the same with us at communion time? Excuse, excuse. If we look at the scripture, the rich man or the Lord of that party was very, very angry. And he said to his servant, go out to the streets and in the lane all those that you have seen, bid them to come to my feast. The servant did so, and they returned, and yet there was room. So I said to his master, Master, we still have a few seats. The master said to them, Go out this time on the highways and the hedges. Anyone you come across, compel them to come that my host may be full, that there'll be no room wasted. And let me say this to you, said the master of the house in verse 24, for I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden 
shall taste of my supper. What does this mean to you and to me? I've put my own interpretation to it. And if I'm wrong, you could see me after. How is that? I'm wondering here, could it be that this particular verse, verse 24, is speaking to, to us, or should I say those of us who from quarter to quarter, year in and year out, when it comes communion time, we would use that particular Sabbath to stay home and watch it online. We would use that particular Sabbath to visit other churches or to go to the park or to do our own business. Could it be that that's our excuse? According to the Bible, when Jesus comes the second time, take his faithful people home. He will be having a great banquet for those that serve him, for those that been obedient to him. But here he's stating, if we cannot communicate with him, if we cannot partake with him at the communion table, let's examine ourselves. It will be but impossible for us to have it with him above. So I'm appealing to us today, do something about it. Take time to be holy. Remember the song that, the opening song? Just as I am, without one plea. Come to Jesus as you are, and he will do things great for you. Remember the first one, gave an excuse, so was the second and the third. But God expects us, us from today, not to give any more excuse why we cannot participate in the communion service. We shall see when next Sabbath comes. Some of us, we may say to ourselves, I'm too filthy, I'm too much a sinner, but I'll give you some text later on that will help you to know that with God, all things are possible. As a matter of fact, there's one in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14. God asks Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? And I'd like us to remember that it doesn't take a lifetime for God to forgive us of whatever sins we have committed. When Peter was on the water, walking to him, and he started to sink, how long did it take the Lord to come to his rescue? Think of it. Peter said, Lord, save me. Immediately, he was. We have the story of Elijah. Elijah when the servant looked out and he saw the soldiers, from Macedonia, etc., that came by to take his master. He ran back inside and he said to him, Alas, my master, we are in great trouble. The amount of soldiers that is on the outside, we won't have to escape for our life. And Elijah said, Let not your heart be troubled. Look. He looked, but he couldn't see anything. Is that the same thing with us today? We are looking, but our eyes are blind. 
Elijah prayed to the Lord, open his eyes, Lord. And the Lord opened his eyes, and when he looked, what did he see? You know the story. Yes, when he opened his eyes, the mountains all around filled with chariots, ready to take care of God's people. Today I can assure you that he is here. And next week, his special day, he will be double here to come along, plan to be here, and be blessed. The last but not least, um, John 13, 4 to 15. And again, I'd like to remind us, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel, and no excuse. We have the story of Jesus and his little flock, 12 of them in person, the disciples. After supper, the Bible tells us that Jesus took the towel and he girded himself and he took the basin and water and he started to wash the feet of the disciples. Then he came to Peter and should I say here, for the first time it dawned on me while looking through this service, where, at what number was Peter? According to the scripture, it wasn't the first, but it could be the second and it could be the last. If anybody knows, I'll be interested to know. I know, according to the scripture, it wasn't the first. He came to Peter. And he said, Peter, my friend, I'm going to wash your feet. As a matter of fact, Peter looked at him and he said, Lord, are you thinking of washing my feet? And Jesus said to him, my friend, what I do now, you may not understand. But soon and very soon you shall. Look at the scripture for yourself. And Peter said, no, Lord. I will not have you to wash my feet, not today. And Jesus looked at him in tender love and said, okay, Peter, if that's how you want it, it's fine with me. But be assured, if I do not wash your feet, you'll have no lot nor part with me. And through the aid of the Holy Spirit, Peter realized the significance of these words. And Peter turned to the good Lord with great apology and he said, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. As a matter of fact, Peter was saying, give me a bath, O Lord, because I stand in the need. What Jesus said, when one is washed, he is clean. Thinking of Judas, that was in the midst, he said, unfortunately, you are not all clean, that is in verse 11. When he, everything was over, he said to him, he said to the disciples, do you know what I've done to you? You have called me master and Lord. That is right, for so I am. 
If I then, your Lord and Master, wash your feet, he also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set, given you an example that he should do as I have done. When I look into these verses, I said maybe it'd be better not to think so much about Peter and the other disciples. Think about us. The past communion service, the last one. And we could even forget about that one. Next Sabbath, God's willing. Whose feet are we planning to wash? Remember, the Bible states that God has left us, or Jesus has left us what? An example that we should do. Bear in mind that he has washed the feet of all the disciples. At this time, I'll give you the privilege not to look behind you, just to look sideways. Is there anyone sitting in your seat that comes next Sabbath, you'll have a problem washing his or her feet? Have a quick look. Is anyone sitting beside you that you'll have, you think you'll have a problem washing his or her feet next week's Sabbath? If it should cross your mind, then something is wrong. And that is why we have this service today that we'll be fully prepared, just as I am. Without one plea, I come that the Lord will clean us up that comes next Sabbath. There'll be no problem. I'm not up by the ladies' side in communion days. Fortunately, I'm with the men because I am one of them. Do you find that on communion day, when you go upstairs, you stand by yourself waiting for some friend to come and wash your feet? Do you find that this one would beckon to you and then you say, oh no, I'm waiting for my friend. I believe on communion day, the only time we should wait on someone, if a visitor comes by, and even in that I might be wrong, but if a visitor comes by and you make yourself friendly, you could go and get that individual. But once it's not a visitor, first come, first serve. Our brethren, we seem to have a problem with this. Is that so? Talk to me. If we do, we have all week to make wrongs right and crooked parts straight. When communion time, it's not time for us to be wondering, have I made it right with the Lord? It should be done now, as a matter of fact, um, I'd like to read this quotation from E.G. White. It's taken from the Deserve Ages. 
Maybe I'll only read a part of it. It said, these words mean more than bodily cleansing. Christ is still speaking of the higher cleansing as illustrated by the lower. He also came, he who came from the bot was clean, but the sandal feet soon became dusty and again needed to be washed. So Peter and his brethren had been washed in that great fountain open for sin and uncleanness. Christ acknowledged them as his, but temptation had led them into evil, and they still need his cleansing grace. When Jesus girded himself with a towel to wash the dust from their feet, he desired by that very act to wash allenience, jealousy, pride from their hearts. This was of far more consequence than the washing of their feet. And I'll stop at that. Christ need to wash our hearts from all filthiness. Again, I state Jeremiah made mention, nothing new under the sun. God sent his servant Jeremiah to warn the children of Israel. You may have heard me use these texts in the past, but I'll quickly use a few of them again. And this is found in Jeremiah chapter 16, chapter 6, 16 and 17. Thus said the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But he said, We will not walk therein. Also I said, Watchman over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Another one for us today again is Jeremiah 44, 16 and 17. Jeremiah delivered the message to the people of Israel, and this is their response. As for the word of the Lord, as for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. Does that language sound familiar to us? Let me read it again. As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. But we will do, but we will certainly do whatsoever goeth forth out of our own mouth. And the rest you can read in your leisure time. I'd like to use a few texts now, as I made mention earlier on. A little here and a little there. And these will help us to understand that God loves us and wants to save us in his eternal kingdom. And these same verses will help us to know that. At the end of the day, we will be without an excuse before God. The first one I'd like to read is found in John chapter 17 and ver- chapter 3 and verse 17. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, he said, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Matthew 20, Matthew 11, 28 to 30 says that 
Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if we think we're having problem, brethren, and we are too bad, Isaiah 55, verses 6 and 7 says, Let the wicked seek you the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, unto our God, by his have mercy upon him, and he will what? Abundantly pardon. And Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 31, verse 3, said, He loves us with an everlasting love. However bad we may be, John 1 and verse 9 said, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So again, brethren, that leave us with no excuse. And the same John chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, My little children, sin not. Yet, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And I love this one as well, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. And we could add 19 to it as well. It says, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And verse 19 is stated that if we are willing and obedient, we shall eat the good of the land. God in his love and his mercy leave no stone unturned. In Ezekiel 36 and verse 25, he said, yes, he knows we are filthy. He knows that we come short in many ways. But if we come to him, he said he will sprinkle clean water upon us and cleanse us from all our filthiness and from our idols, and he will wash us and make us whole. And in verse 27, he said he will put a new spirit, spirit to love. You heard the children's story this morning. Only orange juice can come out of an orange. So when the love of Christ abides in us, only his love will be able to come out of us. And again, this scripture reading tells us, let me read it as stated. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. I would recommend you to read that whole book for yourself, um, Amos chapter 4. He was sent to deliver messages to the northern tribes. And at the end of it, we have this verse, verse 14. And I'd like us to think of the verse in John 3, verse 16. And you could say it with me. For God, soul of the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What more could he have done? to help us not to have an excuse. Today I want to assure us that there is power in the name of Jesus. There is hope in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. And there is cleansing also 
in his precious blood. Again I say, trust in the Lord at all times. Lean not on your own understanding. Ask the Savior to help you and to help us to put away our differences. That comes next Sabbath. We all will be able to come to the mercy seat and partake of his divine blessing. May the God of Jacob bless you and bless me as well. As we think about these words, that when next Sabbath come, we will come boldly, said the Apostle Paul, to the throne of grace and be blessed. Have a wonderful Sabbath and watch and pray.